Have you ever wondered what happened to legendary Chuck Norris? He's in his 80s and still is kicking butt and working out and staying active. What's even more shocking is he's stronger, can work out longer, and even has plenty of energy left over for his grandkids. He did this by just making one change. He says he still feels like he's in his 50s. His wife even started doing this one thing too, and she's never felt better. She says she feels 10 years younger, her body looks leaner, and she has energy all day. Chuck's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their health. Go to mymorningkick.com forward slash sog and watch chuck's video right now again that's m y m o r n i n g k i c k dot com forward slash sog save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 percent lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or seven up all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Good afternoon. Welcome to SOGCast number 17. My name is John Stryker Meyer. I'll be your host today for the podcast. Uh, We also start out by thanking our sponsor, Jocko Willing Productions, and of course, Saw Chronicles is a little support element here. We thank him for this show, and with this, we move forward with our next interview. And we have no set format here, so today we have a unique uh, opportunity for me. Uh, my time in Sog was spent entirely on Recon Team Idaho, and today I'm joined by another member of the team, because during the Secret War, it ran for eight years. And Idaho was one of the first five or six teams that was set up during that eight-year secret war. And throughout that time, the team had been wiped out twice, once in 66 or 67, and then in May of 68. That's how I got my job. I ran recon there. And then years later, was followed up by other men who served time. And today we're joined by Frank Poley, who was on Idaho in 1971. And every one of our SOG members that we've interviewed has a unique story. And Frank, welcome, and thank you for coming in today, taking time to visit us. And uh, I wish we could start off right from the top. You were strap-hanging with uh, RT Louisiana and uh, before you landed on Idaho and talk a little bit about your time there. Sure. Thank you, John, yes, first sir. of all, for having me. Um, a number of uh, good friends of mine, we all went through training groups. Phase one went through. We all decided we wanted to be weapons men. Oh, yes. So we all went through weapons together. And what's the time frame on that, Frank? That was uh, in uh, 70, uh, the uh, end part. We got our flashes. We had already been through training group and that kind of stuff around Thanksgiving of 70. Okay. We were all Green Berets at that point in Green, time. Green Berets. That's right. Real stuff. <laughs> And we had uh, finished all our training, and we were being assigned, as you can recall, the initial days of being in Special Forces. You never knew what group you were going to be with and that kind of stuff. Um, that At that particular time, 6th Group was still active. 
it had not at Fort Bragg. Correct. Yeah, and um, I was assigned there, and a lot of the other guys. We had several that went to Okinawa, and uh, most everybody wound up in fifth, quite honestly. But when the sixth closed out and they were folded into other things, I finally wound up in the fifth also. We all went down. There were eight of us, I think it was, and we all went down to headquarters and we all signed up for Vietnam at the same time. You know, first sergeant, he was thrilled to death because he was trying to get people to, you know, look at Southeast Asia. Well, we all decided we were going to be career soldiers, all of us, sure, at that particular point in time. So we knew that the only way that we were going to be looked at anything down the road was if we had a little time, you know, in the bush. So sure, and also, just for reference for our listeners, uh, by 1970, at the end of 1970, the secret war had been going on for six years. Mm-hmm. And the Vietnam War at that point, Vietnamization was in, in place. That's correct. Under President Nixon, they were scaling back the American presence in Vietnam, particularly with combat troops. But the missions for SOG became more critical. They also became more dangerous. And a lot at of that the support point, was going away. And the support mm-hmm. was always a faction. But even 1970 and early part of 1971, um, that was still a one more challenge that added to the game and the challenge of being on the ground and surviving your time on the ground. So with that historical background, you gentlemen volunteered for Vietnam Right. At the end of 1970, and take it from there, Frank. Um, We um, were back on the assigned A-teams that we had for a while. And then once our orders came down, uh, SF had started its uh, 1-0 school here at Bragg. Oh, that's right. Longton had one in country, but they had a recognized reconnaissance school at McCall uh, here at Fort I'd forgotten that, yeah. And uh, so all of us wound up going through the one zero school here at Bragg, and they said, okay, when you hit the ground in Vietnam, there's not going to be a delay in Long Ton or anything. You will be able to go straight to a recon team. Wow. And we said, huh, okay. Well, and we were like kids – you know, young and, and dumb. Uh, oh, and young and dumb, and <laughs> and full of you know peanut butter and uh, nothing much in Pennsylvania. And, uh, that too, and uh, <laughs> I think there's another one in there somewhere. In there. <laughs> but, I forgot. I but, forgot. Yeah, yeah, easy now. Uh, but anyway, uh, we all went through that, and then we were given our leave before going overseas. We wound up at Fort Lewis. Then how long was that recon school at at Bragg? It was uh, just over six weeks. Six. Yes. Okay. So it's, that way, you like when I went, we had in country training. Mm-hmm. At the end of the in country training, the sergeant comes up. We're looking for volunteers for what? Can't say. Either you're in or you're out. But in your case, you guys knew ahead of time. We knew that we were going to the projects. It was like <laughs> projects, you know. Okay, <laughs> you're being groomed you've been trained you uh i mean where else would we have gotten any wiretap training sure we got that at the one zero school hill here bragg and that includes the uh, helicopter repelling oh we were et cetera, oh, yeah. all that yes everything. plus we, we patrolling 
Yeah, the first time uh, I was ever in a chopper that auto-rotated. No. My, my grip is still in the door of the helicopter, if it, and this has been scrapped. I didn't know what auto-rotation was until they introduced us to it. Right. And um, it was an experience. But nevertheless— One you survived. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we went to— um, I used to bring a lot of these guys home with me on the weekends. And so we decided that what we would do is on a particular day, I left home because I was the easternmost one, and the one that lived the furthest west was in Seattle. And what we would do is I would start out early, go to the next one's home, Right. Spend a day or so, meet their parents. Then he and I would leave and go to the next one. We wound up my home, Tennessee, South Dakota, wow, Texas, and um, up to Seattle. And we all got on the same plane once we did our little thing. And uh, so, we who were some out. of the us, if you don't mind? Oh, no, not at all. We had a um, very good friend. He was our Mexican buddy, uh, Joe Harrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we had uh, Steve Dockin. Uh He, on I think it was his second mission, actually, he um, was close. He was just in front of the tail gunner, and uh, they took a B-40 rocket. The tail oh. gunner did. Yeah. On the uh, anyway, it hit him. They ascertained that uh, the tail gunner got hit right in square of the back with a B forty rocket, and it blew him in two. But sadly, what happened was the doctor said that uh, one of the vertebrae of the tail gunner came forward, and it took Doc's hand off. I mean, it was a clean took it off. And and he was right-handed of all things. So, but uh, South Dakota, and then uh, we wound up uh, right outside the gates of uh, Fort, Fort Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> and Mike Lawson, a very dear friend of mine, he uh, he and I uh, actually he ran on one team. I ran on another. He ran on uh, Rhode Island, and um, he was very good recon. Guy. Yeah, Rhode Island was one of the best uh, recon teams up yeah. there. They were just sharp. Yeah. And their indigs were just amazingly strong yeah. and re- with the program. That's exactly right. Indeed. So anyway, uh, so we go to uh, fly in, and um, we had one guy with us that uh, he'd already been. This was his second tour, and uh, the receiving company there, I mean, it was a typical – Army, well-organized, and oiled machine getting people (laughs) into where they needed to go. And uh, we knew that we were going to wind up uh, in the train. Right, sure. We had to go there before we could uh, wind up in our final destination. Well, we got to the train in about two days. And uh, we were interviewed by several sergeant majors. There in the train. I don't know if that happened to you or not, or maybe they just gave you uh, an assignment. But all three projects 
were beginning to cut back a little bit. Right. And um, I think it was Sergeant Major Darcy was the Sergeant Major that interviewed each of us. And the others, they were just there kind of for support more than anything else. And some of the guys that uh, did not go over with us but were there for the interview before they had gotten their assignments, um, everybody was like, whatever you do, don't don't go north. Don't go north. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we were like, well, we don't see the big deal. You know, about <laughs> yeah. It. Well, we were going to find <laughs> out pretty quickly, you know. Indeed. But anyway uh, – Rather than it being a formal interview, Sergeant Major, it was kind of like your dad talking to you. Yeah, sure. And that's the way he wanted to the persona to uh, come across. And um, he asked me, he said, Sergeant Pulley, he says, where do you think you might want to go? And I said, um, well, I'm here because you know the ins and outs of what Special Forces is doing in, in Vietnam. He says, well, what do you think? I said, if I'm going to get a career, I said, I'm going to have to get in this war. And he says, I think I can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. And then so several of us wound up uh, going up, and uh, we left the train. And two more days, we were signing in there at CCN. And um, so I got my wish, you know. I tell you, they had a, a uh, you remember the repelling tower? Oh, sure. And uh, they, um, all of us together, what they did, they had uh, not the wooden tower, but the ladders. You remember the ladders that came off the side? Right. Those were their leader. And uh, we okay, had the wooden so, one. Yeah, they, okay, they, the wooden. They, well, it was laid out for us like... Uh, you really want to go to recon company, you know, because you're going to have opportunities to do things. Oh, yeah, well, this has got to be us, you know. <laughs> and so by and, now it's January of 71? It's uh, No, it's or around February. April or so. Oh, April, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we went. Back to your to, company no, first. We had, uh-huh, yeah. But we had one uh, uh, zero school. Right. Well, that's know. right. Anyway. Then R&R. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so we uh, – um, they said, in order to go to recon company, you've got to climb that with a 30-pound sandbag in your rucksack. Oh, yeah. And it was, no, uh, this is what you need to do. Now, as you know, your experience on ladders, if you don't climb it from the side, your legs kick out. And you're trying, you're pulling everything up with your arms, and you get no leverage from your legs. It's all, well, upper body, totally plus thirty pounds. Yeah, plus plus your sandbag. <laughs> so anyway, um, we had one guy. I won't call his name, but he did not make it up. And we, after about five rungs up the ladder, unless you're dumb as dirt, you realize. <laughs> I got to get around on the side of this thing. I'm looking like I'm screwing a, a bulldog here, yeah, you yeah. know. So <laughs> you get around, and at least it'll help you look. Yeah. So me and several other guys, we were lucky. Wow. 
And we got to the tower, got to the top, and then they said, well, come on down, we'll assign you some stuff. Well, they knew which teams needed people on them at that particular time. RT Louisiana was in the field when uh, uh, James Bath, he was helping assign people. Was that right? Yes. The famous J.D. Bath, who was there in the very beginning. Is that right? He was. He, Jim, uh, Jim Hetrick, they were there, and um, wasn't he on uh, um, relay radio relay Hickory or something? I, I for think a that while he too? was there so many different times. That he he covered it all. Yeah. And there's that. There was a History Channel production called uh, Suicide Missions that they changed it to Dangerous Missions, and now they've changed it again. But J.D. Bath is interviewed there talking about the early days, going out and recruiting people for the teams ah, with see. the tobacco and the pipes and things. And so this is so J.D. was here in the beginning, and this is 71, the seventh year of the Steve War. He's back. Uh, what an amazing, amazing guy. Absolutely. One yep. of our studs. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And uh, anyway, uh, he said, your team, the one I'm going to assign you to, they are on a mission right now. And uh, you'll have to wait for them to come back uh, when, so y'all can iron things out, find out kind of where you are, what you're going to be doing, and that kind of stuff. I said, that's fine. And, um, well, all my other buds, now they got picked up, and uh, one wound up on, uh, on the uh, hatchet force at, at, you know, where they could raid and that kind of stuff. Sure. He didn't make it to recon, but, you know, it was like camp security, plus we'll go out on raids, kind of local, you know. They right. Had one Sometimes they had to go into support teams that are like, in 69, we had a recon team with Eldon Barswell's team, hit a base camp that was relatively stay-behinds. The next day, Hatchet Force with Mad Dog Shriver went in, and they loaded 15 helicopters with documents and intel stuff. So Hatchet Force would do that too, and of course security, because mm-hmm. they had to have you know, base security was still a question and a challenge at CCN, right. always a challenge. But um, so I, I I was homeless, if you will, <laughs> and it was really really fortuitous in the fact that uh, he said you dump your gear here, and when you one zero gets back, then y'all can iron stuff out and, and then uh, figure out what you're going to do. I said, great. Well, uh, there was a spare bunk that was unmade, so I said, well, obviously this is going to be mine right here. And when I set my gear down, I could not believe what I saw in the fact that the one zero, was, his name was John Levister. His one one was Ray Frovarp. Oh, my God. Now, I didn't know in either one of them, sure. but I looked. There was a small desk set up, which obviously was what we three were going to share to write a letter home or whatever. Well, there were a couple of letters lying on the desk. I was not prying, but I was being observant. And his wife had written him a letter. And her return address said she was Oriental. Uh, I think it was Lynn Frovar or whatever it was, and she had written him a letter from Zebulon, North Carolina, my hometown. No. Yes. Talking about small world. And I'm talking 
I said, now, what is this all? I cannot believe I mean, where I'm from, they don't even put it on the map some of the times. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and she's and there's a letter from his wife from my hometown, <laughs> and I'm going, this is weird. So yeah. anyway, uh, he's passed on now, sadly. But uh, uh, not Ray Frovarp. Ray's still alive. Ray well. is. That's right. Yes. But John passed away. I guess yes. it's been over 20 years ago, perhaps. I don't know. Sure. But anyway, um, we um, – I didn't have anything to do. I was kind of – you know, all I could do was PT, and I didn't even have a, a, a decent weapon that I had, had issued to me. I had an old war out. M16 prong uh, flash hider M16 oh, sure. the very you know, like kind the of very stuff. early ones yes oh yeah you know this kind of stuff <laughs> they didn't want me to walk around naked but it was the next best thing you yeah, know indeed. weapon wise <laughs> and um so um um Noel Gast he was the uh one zero of Idaho and Bob Castillo he uh he was, was the one, one one at that time. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, we had the recon club that most people would congregate uh, at and either play cards or, you know, drink beer or something. Drink a little, like drink a little yeah, alcohol. Drink a little Indeed. something yes, to sir. grease you up, you know, and get you where you could move good, you know. And, Before uh, and after you go to the mess hall right around the corner. That's right. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so uh, – I met both of them uh, in the club, and and they said, "Well, who are you?" And I said, "Well, I'm Frank Bully. I just got it, you know, got yeah. here with some other guys." And I uh, said, "But it's going to be a while. It looks like before I'm going to get a chance to do anything." And uh, Bob Castillo, uh, Castillo, he said, uh, "Well, we got a mission that we're going to get prepped for tomorrow. So, do you want to go with us?" And I said, "Yeah." <laughs> Yeah, I'm beat. Yeah, let's do it, you know. Yeah. And um, so I went and talked with James, and he said, well, you, your team's in the field, and they're not getting out of the field until the weather breaks. The, the helicopters Can't are not going to fly into that mountain trying to find them. And right. I said, well, that's a, probably a wise thing to do. So we go up to Fubai. I get my little stabo. And this is after rotation. you went to S4, got all your equipment, got your car 15. No, I still had my M16. No. Oh, yeah, because it was, you know, a couple, it wasn't long. Anyway. Yeah, indeed. And. Um, so you go up to the food by launch site. We do. And uh, so they're explaining the mission to me. And then all of a sudden, there were several teams up there uh, for different uh, missions. And one was RT Kansas. Uh Ooh. Yeah, they were there. And this I'm is still April, though. Well, now, this particular thing, I just told you I misspoke. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, uh, this was, uh, um, you might want to back some of that out or something. So I Well, you just made a mistake. Anyway, we'll just go on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, the, the uh, that time was the first was. part of August. Oh, okay. Now it's a very significant period of time. Yes. With, yeah. with the historic, now historic RT Kansas yeah. mission into Oscar 8. That's right. Indeed. Uh, they, according to what uh, Bingham was lost right. on that, uh, Lieutenant Hanson, right, sure. 
he was lost. As a matter of fact, uh, me and one of my buds picked him up. On a bright light? Yes. This was all a bright light. Wow. Was that with Idaho? Yes. No kidding. Yeah. And um, So just for that, a little background, Frank, on that, that was a heavy mission. They went into Oscar 8. They went in with five Americans and five indige and got hammered. Yes. And within the and the Lieutenant Hagen was the one zero. He was mm-hmm. killed early but earned the Medal of Honor. He did. And he's buried in Arlington today. And then uh, Bingham was KIA. And then uh, every American was wounded to one extent or another. And Anderson, Tony Anderson. Right. Was in uh, Berg. He was never found. I don't know if they've had any luck finding him. No, he's still MIA. Is he still MIA? Okay. Yes, sir. And okay. then um, we had uh, Bill Queen, who, yes. who earned the DSC. He did. And uh, on that mission, multiple wounds. And we lost Bill several years ago also. But on that mission, he was he survived it somehow with all his wounds. He was never the same. Uh, somebody told me it had difficulty. Absolutely. And so and, uh, you, so at some point, Idaho goes in on a bright light. Yes, and we were prepped for our insertion the next day, but they extracted the following morning at first light. Tony, Queen, um, the little people, and that kind of stuff. Right. And then we went in afterwards to retrieve the bodies. That was the primary reason for us sure. going in the next day. And you went in under heavy gunfire? Did they? No. Really? No, we did not. We got fire once we got on the ground. It was like one of the tactics they would use quite often. It was, you know, you might not get anything. Unless you were going in on something, you know this as good as I, that they really didn't want you knowing about. Right. They would let you come in, let you putz around sometimes. Sometimes. And then when you were extracted, that's when all hell broke loose. Indeed. That's when they wanted to get crews on the ground. You get know, as many that, casualties as they can. That's right. And the birds were used for, you know, um, well, anything that they could do to create more um, um, responsibility, getting crews off the ground and all this other kind of stuff. Um but we did need to call in A1Es. As a matter of fact, uh, Bob Castillo was working A1E uh, that day, and uh, several of the helicopters. There was enough uh, um, <laughs> I guess remnants of what was left around the base of the hill. It was actually a saddle, if you will. And they were in the saddle. We no, they were on the highest point, the okay. highest saddle right. there was, and that's where we were picking up most of the stuff. They thought they had enough people, I guess, to where they could, you know, uh, thwart any kind of threat they would have from the lower elevations on that hill. But anyway, that's where we got everybody off. Was the next. So your first mission is a bright light where you retrieved two or three American bodies. Yeah. Oh. In Berg, it was um, Noel told me, he said, uh, I want you down here. He says, I want you to go off the hill and go down to Berg's foxhole and see if you, if he's slumped down in the foxhole. 
I said, okay. So anyway, uh, and How he far had was two. That? Le- it was about thirty-five meters off the crest of yeah. the hill. And, that could be uh, a long thirty-five meters. Yeah, can and because it was a bare red hill. I mean, there was no cover on there. Like and, that, uh, like the same kind of clay from Quezon, there, red clay. Yep, nasty. Exactly. Oh. But um, we picked up Hanson. He he was shot up pretty bad. It really was. Berg's uh, M60 uh, was rendered inoperable. It had taken a round. I'm assuming an AK round through the top feed cover. Right. And so it was locked up. He he was couldn't do anything. And uh, two of his little people were killed there in the foxhole, you know, so they stayed with him until, wow. you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, that was my first uh, mission. real mission. The other stuff was just Welcome put, to the Secret War. That's right. That's oh right. My. So from when I first got there to other stuff, it was local uh, uh, patrols. Sure. And the mess that kind of goes with it, Monkey Mountain training, all this other kind sure. of, you know, which was like a cakewalk, <laughs> I thought, you know. But After your they, first mission. So so you come back, and where, first of all, you took the three-point M16 on that mission? That's right. You oh, know. my God. But anyway, it would shoot. That was the main thing. Oh, yeah. If you cook good care of them, those work. We had the better ammo. They wouldn't jam up on you at least. That's right. Anyway. So you come uh, back to base. Then you go back, back to Louisiana? Or, or no, at that no, point, no. do, do they that, go, no goes, I like that, this guy. At that point, well, that's what Bob did. He talked to uh, J.D. And uh, he says, I think we're going to keep him. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, you know, I said, well, that's good. I I enjoy working with these guys. You sure. Know? And I tell you, uh, I told uh, Bob today, I said, you don't remember this. I said, but some things that are done for people, you never forget. And I said, you know, you saved my life probably. And you really? don't even remember it. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, you remember when uh, before the bright light, uh, on Kansas, and he said, yeah, I, I said, they called and requested several extra cases of grenades, both H.E. and Willie Pete, and he said, and I said, you and I flew the helicopter out to resupply them that night, and he said, seems like I remember that. I said, well, we got to the top of the hill and sat down just about twilight. And uh, I said, nothing's going to happen out here tonight. I said, look at all the guys we got out here. I said, why don't you just, I mean, our mission's canceled because all the assets are here for for these people. Yeah. I said, "Um, why don't you just let me spend the night? That's what their whole mission is about, is they were going to do a leave behind, Yeah, you know. And I said, uh, I'll just stay one night. I said, it won't be a big deal, and I'll come out with them in the morning. And he sat there, and he said, mm. he said, no, I'm not going to let you get off. He said, stay on the helicopter. You give them their and hand I grenades. Said, yeah, give them the hand grenades. <laughs> and he says, you, you're going to go back with me. I can't give you. And I said, all right, whatever. Oh I told God. him, I said, I could kiss you right on the mouth. 
<laughs> no kidding. Later down the road. We're talking about a, a mission that's good to miss. Well, that one when they get over on in the morning. That one was. They hit him at first light. And uh, they come to find out there was a um, it was a pipeline fuel a fuel line that was running along the bottom of that hill mm-hmm. that they were trying to keep any of the recon teams from finding. They didn't want intel to get back. Oh yeah, they've and got. We were a heart. looking for that damn thing as far back as '68. Well, they, they put them right down on top of it, just about, and that was wow. the reason for the assault on the hill, is what we were told later. Okay, that makes it. Cl- I never knew that. Okay, they said they could hear the tailgates of the Russian trucks dropping. Oh yeah, we've heard that before. To allow the troops to get, get off, off the NVA. Sure. Mess. Oh. Anyway, so. So you come back. You're permanently assigned to Idaho. Correct. Wow. And then we run a couple missions. Bob and I had done. Noel Gast went on a, you know how these missions just pop up and they want somebody to go look at something. You know, you're going to go out and you can come back. and all. Well, Noel and Quang. Uh, Doty Quang, yes. And J.T. Bath. Went out along with, um, I almost believe uh, Colonel Belfi went with them. Now, that's unusual to have a high-ranking officer no to go. He went on the hill with us on the bright light. Really? Yes. Because he uh, gassed. They were on line with me going down the hill for me to get to Berg's foxhole. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie D. Belfi, he was there. No kidding. Everybody was amazed that there was a, a man a that flag kind of rank. officer on the ground. Wow. And I said, well, you know, yeah, this was good, you know. But um, they went on a quick recon of something, and they got engaged by Friendly Fire. A pink team uh, opened up on them. They thought they were bad dudes. And... Uh, Bath got hit. Uh, Gast got hit. He actually um, left, and that was the end of his career running right. recon with that. And Kwong got a bad upper leg wound. He was in a hospital for probably about two months, three no months. No kidding. Yeah, there, the hospital in the compound. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, so... R.T. Idaho was at about half power for a while, and then so Bobby becomes the one zero. Bo- Bob is the one zero. You get an instant promotion. Oh, you know what I do, and a pay raise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot that part. Yeah, <laughs> but um, and then uh, we ran a couple of uh, missions that. Um, we luckily didn't uh, lose anybody, that kind of stuff. And probably, I guess, uh, the mission that we uh, did very well and were probably fairly proud of, one that we were able to prep for and actually uh, uh, run it and then get in and get out and that kind of stuff, and that was we blew a bridge. Ooh. Which um, the um, 7th Air Force what we were told uh, they had been trying to get rid of for a while and uh, they just couldn't get the proper angle uh, 
you know, you would think uh, Arclight would be part of it, but it was yeah. it was basically um, a dirt and uh, large teak wood tree stringers, that kind of stuff. I mean, it would support track vehicles, and uh, so we paired up with another team. Uh, or Team Michigan, I think it was. Now, our team was Vietnamese, and Ooh, the Michigan team, they were yards. And so and by that we, time, Eldon Bargewell had left, right? He was no longer on the team. Because um, he earned his DSC with Michigan, but I think that was early 71. I'm not sure. That's okay. Well, he wasn't there. Know. The question was, is he there no, when Bob, you were there? The Bob, answer is no. Bob Bolton was running that team. Okay, I very good. Then. Sure. And uh, so, anyway, we paired up, and um, we— How'd that go? Great. The yards on one team, they were able to— Oh, they went <laughs> went fine. It was—we uh, uh, actually took that bridge out with 40-pound um, cratering charges <laughs> standoff. I think it was six of them. Six? Went, yes, that we uh, rigged. We uh, How big was the bridge? Oh, it was uh, for jungle. It was huge, yeah. but it right. wasn't a huge bridge. I mean, it was just difficult to get to the way the terrain was and sure. that kind of stuff. But uh, they primed them in series, so all you had to do was touch one off, and when you did, they, everything went up. Sure, and it was great. And um, Bob told me then. He said, um, "We've got." Uh, enough Mer- Americans to uh, take care of setting the charges and that kind of stuff. And it was very simple in the fact that these cratering charges come with legs. Oh, is that right? Yeah. And it's a standoff is already set. Yeah. So it's like taking a suitcase out, putting it on a stringer at a bridge, and it does all the work for you. Let's That's put nice. it that way. I like he it. says, you take pictures of everything. I said, fine. I said, that's what I'll do. I said, uh, well, I'm going to go down the road here a little bit, and I'm going to, you know, uh, see what I can see. He said, well, everybody else is going to stay up here now. He says, uh, security, I'm not going to send anybody with you. You're on the ground now. Yes, we're the on target, the ground. Getting ready mm-hmm. to put out your bomb, creative bombs. That's and right. That's right. I'll take a little stroll down yeah, the road Yeah, I'm going to go down here, you know, <laughs> and see what they're doing. And so... <laughs> Uh, the terrain was such, it's kind of like being in the mountains in North Carolina. It was straight up on this side, and it dropped off on this side. You so felt like your home almost. It's yeah, Reminiscent man. of North oh, yeah, Carolina. Kinda, that's Indeed. right. <laughs> so anyway, I go down, um, go around the bend. And, of course, I'm ready, you know, in case sure. something pops up or whatever. And, and I uh, peer around, and I'm saying, what is that? You know, and I'm looking, and. We had a uh, pink team with us that prepped around the bridge a little bit. Okay, I, but, I'm not familiar with the term pink team. This happened after April 70, at least yeah, to my well, knowledge. Yeah, well, what it was, it was two Cobras and a Loach. Oh, aircraft, okay. Yes. All right, and, very good. And that, when they would go out, the Cobras, the armed gunships, they called them red teams. Right. Okay. And then the loaches, which were well, he would a be the lot, target. Uh, that, we just talked to Mike Byrne, oh, Byrne about that. Anyway, he, was, he used to fly those. That was the white. That okay. was the white effort on yeah. the team. Well, when you mix red and 
and white, you get pink. pink. And that's oh. where the pink team oh. came from. Isn't that sweet? That is. Anyway, I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed here. I'm t- <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, they had gone in, and yeah. they had prepped the road on both sides. And I said, well, nothing's going to happen. You sure. So, and ultimately, nothing did. But they did such a good job. The roadside bunkers, there were several bunkers around the bend that you couldn't see. And when I stepped around the bend, I'm going like, holy moly, what have I NVA stumbled across? bunkers on the road. And, but one of the rockets literally just serendipitously went in that friggin' bunker and blew the crap out of it. <laughs> And I'm going, this is my lucky day right there. Because I didn't see the bunker until wow. I stepped around yeah. the bend. And I thought to myself, this is amazing right here. I said, this, I, I've seen my first bunker. You know, this yeah, is your really NBA, something. your first yeah. NBA bunker That's right. on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Yeah. Thank you very much. Right. Right. Did you take yeah. a picture? Yes. All right, very good. Yeah, anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, because Bob told me that was my job. If yeah. I went back with um, unexposed film, I was going to be up Shit's Creek, you know, because he was going to see to it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But, anyway, but I, uh, so we had um, a very good mission on that. Wow. And took it out. And uh, quite surprisingly, I think uh, the uh, little people got on RT Michigan and RT Idaho. Now, they were not bunk buddies or anything no. like that, but they got along a little better. I think. Well, they're uh, both, for, just for our uh, listening audience, is the um, Idaho was the original team and Michigan was an early on team too that had excellent leadership mm-hmm. and they 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 saw lots of action in the years prior so by this time you had two really good sog recon teams that i think were able to rise above the ethnicity hatred mm-hmm. that was I very prevalent too. i think because, they recognized each's really yeah because warriors. in 68 yeah. we had a, we had a firefight in fob1 you know, they had a poker game and went sideways. The Cambode came back, hand grenaded the yards, and they had a whole firefight right in the base. So you didn't have that. You had professionalism mm-hmm. there at the highest yeah. level. Yeah. So you go back, you blow the bridge, get out, mm-hmm. no firefight, no extra little extracurricular contact? No. Anything? It was amazing. We Slick were a am- snail snot. Twice. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> Airborne. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and then uh, uh, we came back, and uh, a lot of the stuff was scrubbed. It was like, well, the intel, you know, is over on the bridge. You know, y'all taking care of it. Uh, something else went down, and another mission got scrubbed because of weather or something. So there were several of us that were going back on a C-123 back to uh, Da Nang. Out of Fubai? Yeah. Okay. And uh, we um, um, – USO was in town. Oh. And uh, so we thought we would go down and we would – Look at the USO show. On the way back from the airport to CCN. Just take a little yeah. side stop yeah. here. Well, yeah, yes, that's of course. what we were going to do off to the side. And, of course, we had the most motley-looking crew you've ever seen. Just coming All out of the field. little people, yes. Oh. And we no names, no ranks, all this wonderful but stuff. But bullets and guns. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> and it was great. So anyway, after we see the remnants, the last of the show, yeah, the first calf has a presence up there. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to say who, but somebody in my group pretended to be a major. <laughs> and he says, well, come on, boys, let's go shoot some pool. So we said, well, that's great. But let's where? go shoot some pool. And we go to, I'm just going to call it the Calvary. They were pilots. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they all had their little cavalry hats on, and and they looked just really not looked too clean to be mean. To be, to be mean, that's right. <laughs> and so we go into the O Club. Oh, the O Club. Of oh course. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, hell yeah. You we got, got a major with us, you know. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> we um we go in and uh, said major. Introduces himself, and he introduces himself to a. Uh, no, it was not Bob. I'm not going to implicate him. Uh, he was totally innocent on this, but somebody else who, let's say, had a little more finesse, not more than Bob, but certainly more than me and some others. Okay. Uh, he wanted to buy a round of drinks for his men, and we were dressed like every damn throw away you had ever seen. Ooh. I mean, we we even had one guy that had a Snoopy the dog hat on. No. Oh yeah, and it was like, who in the hell are you sons of bitches? You know. <laughs> and uh, so he says, I'm going to ask you to leave the club, Ooh. and you're not going to let us have a drink. And it's like, no, the uh, like Colonel says, uh, I'm going to ask you to leave the club because you can't prove to me that you are an officer. And never, even if you are, I'm not going to allow this riffraff in here kind of stuff. And, uh, of course. And we're like, who in the world? Now, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I can't believe this. So Your particulars we leave. are offended a little we, bit. Oh, that's right. Indeed. So we leave. Yeah. We leave. And we pick out the lieutenant colonel's jeep indeed yes and it was a nice jeep and we had shitty jeeps at ccn so we decided to borrow it to borrow it indeed and so we borrowed it and then one of the other guys happened to have his k-bore on him and we flattened all the other tires <laughs> that were pulled up in front of the o club can't so we, chase you with flat we, tires we go back and um, we spend the night at the lot site. And the next morning early, we get up and we go to the ready ramp and we're coming back. And uh, the major, I'm trying to remember his name on the lot site. Anyway, we get into all our teams are in the C-130. Americans, all the little people, and our prize Jeep indeed is also loaded and strapped down. And I step out along with the major, and I said, Major, maybe you ought to see this right here. <laughs> and he Get says, that ramp up. He, he says, what are you talking about, Pulley? I said, well, it looks like Smokey and the Bandit coming here, you know. I said, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, a whole line of M151 Jeeps with little blue lights going like that. And he says, well, I'd be damned. <laughs> he says, get on the plane. Get on the plane. And get that ramp up. And get, the, get the ramp up. So he asked Loadmaster, he says, uh, what's going on? And Loadmaster says, well, we've been told to uh, stand down, not to take off. He says, I am the launch site commander. He said, get this 130 off the ground now. And so sure enough, that little black bird, it makes a turn. It gets on the thing, and off it goes. And you can look out the back, and here they come. It's like I said. It looks like smoke in the bandit coming across there. And we, we got there, and, of course, it's amazing what a little paint will do for you. Well, so, indeed, black paint in particular. That's right. Indeed. That's right. So, anyway, uh, I think that's my favorite mission right there. So that's classic, it's classic stuff. There is a uh, picture <laughs> in uh, one of uh, Jason's books that uh, shows the Jeep in question. Indeed, yes. So hopefully that'll be in Jason's next book that'll be out next year. Perhaps it will, where he'll be focusing on RT Idaho. Oh, is that right? Yes, sir. I didn't realize he was going. He's do working that. on it, working hard. Is that right? Okay, but well. we wander so. You get back, so you bring a new Jeep to the compound. We get a good Jeep finally. And That's right. then um, what's next for RT Idaho and you? Um, Bob was looking at, well, like <clears throat> I said, we ran a couple of small. I mean, I, I, it wasn't you going into where we've lost, you know, six right. recon teams, that kind of stuff. Bob was looking at. Um, um, riding Covey, sure, and he he did it out of Thailand for a while, which I hated to see him go. But uh, that's what you need. That's the way the rotation went. After you're on a team for a while, that's right. Then you want the experienced voice in the sky riding Covey. That's period. right. That's right. And he had his time on the team. So, um, so who becomes the one zero, Frank? Uh, Ken Bo Ray, indeed. Yes, Lieutenant. Lieutenant. First, First Lieutenant. Lieutenant. Thank you. First lieutenant. Ken Borader first, the one and the only, becomes the new one zero. That's right. Indeed. And, uh, so and he trained I became, up pretty quick, I assume. Oh, he did great. Yeah. He did great. He, uh, I um, um, was his one one, and we still had the uh, recon team. And I tell you, um, we uh, went to Monkey Mountain a couple times because if we had enough time, the range had been closed at that time. Because, at CCN? Yes. They closed the range? They closed everything because they had detected some mines that had been put. They oh, felt like yeah. uh, some of the uh, bad dudes from down around on the Marine side, the opposite side of Marble Mountain. Right, where they had, and they had Viet Cong sappers and That's stuff right, that came out great. for the attack in 68. So they That's came right. in and started doing that, putting mines in the sand. Yes, they also put them in the compound. We actually had one guy that uh, lost his toes with a M14 toe popper. Oh. That's the reason we had concrete walks in the compound. So you were supposed to stay on the walks, but you know, there's always somebody that wants to take a shortcut. Always. Yeah, and so they had detected. I don't know why we didn't call in an engineer company or something, right? And and clear the range, but anyway, 
Yeah. It was just So you went to Monkey Mountain? We would go to Monkey Mountain sometimes and do what we wanted to do. Sure. And it was a lot of training back then. And uh, Ken came on board. Uh, uh, Bob left. And I was back in flux again. So, um, well, one you know, one. Oh, I, well, I mean, yeah, but you know, as far because they wouldn't let us actively run missions like we were doing. Now, don't forget this particular this time. This is when this the time is, change came. This is, this is bumping up close to yeah. uh, 72. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, late 71. Right. You get, and, so you, uh, you can no longer wear berets. You get the black hats, and they change the designation. That's right after uh, we went on bright light. To be honest with you, oh no B- kidding, black baseball hats. Right. Yep. Yep. Part of the Vietnamization process, turning things mm-hmm. over to new the f- attire. Yes. New attire. Oh God. Yep. That was early on to be. I mean, uh, sure. Kind of, but. Um, Ken uh, stepped up, and uh, he went to one zero school down at Long Don, and he did a great job. I mean, and see what was going on in the compound then, too, because Idaho was a Vietnamese team. It's like they are going to be the uh, point of the spear for success for— The Vietnamization process. Bingo. And so they were not turning any of the yards loose to do anything. It was all, if you've got a Vietnamese team, you're going to train them up. You're going to, well, we were fortunate where we had vets just about, you know, sure. all of them, they'd been out on missions. And uh, what I was doing a lot of was choosing LZs for them. They would draw a mission, I'd find out what it was, and then... You fly a VR, mm-hmm. visual reconnaissance. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you get much gunfire, anti-aircraft fire flying your VR back then? You know, it was strange uh, in the fact that when you would go and uh, even uh, our first missions, when we would go um, before the Vietnamization program started, um, they would show you the map. You know, they were talking about six by six right. in the room. You know, when you would be on the ground, you'd have a small section of your map that, right. that you would be referring to. Sure. And uh, when you'd go in and get your target briefing, they would never do the overlay to show the 37s and that kind of stuff. And 57s and, and the 12.7s, right. yeah. You know, and it was like, oh, well, you're sitting too bad. We'll fly a nap of the earth here and we'll be, well, look at what, what altitude you think you're going to be flying. I don't know. You can probably fly, uh, fly here, nap of the earth, 500 feet. For a VR? I don't VR? know if that's for going in and VRs, whatever. We got to get, we're going to get in quick. We're going to get out. You know, they'll be sitting back watching whatever they want to watch or writing a letter, and we'll be coming up the valley, and right. they won't even know that we're where we're going until we're past them. I said, Well, hello, Pete. Now, what you got to realize that you're flying at 500 feet in a valley, and the mountains on each side are at 5,000 feet. Now, what do you think they're going to do? <laughs> You know, it's not like 
when they fly past you <laughs> or you fly down the valley, they're going to be going like that, you know. Yeah. And, and so, anyway. It'll be like target practice. That's right, pretty much. Ooh. It was it was a real strange time. But um, we, I uh, think we did the very best we could do getting those guys on ground. Kwong told me a couple times, he said, Chung Si, you pick out good landing zones. Really? He said, yeah. That's a major compliment from him. Oh, I, I, I was my feet didn't touch he never the ground told for me two that. days. Yeah. Well, he was too busy really fighting the war with you. That's why. <laughs> so, uh, but no, he he was, uh, you know, Kong was sophisticated beyond what you would recognize. You didn't have the misfortune to play Vietnamese poker with him, did no, you? No, I didn't. I couldn't You're grasp. Wise. I couldn't grasp the three tiers right. of the cards I you tried, had to hold. And Kwong, he had a very happy time oh, I with did. my money. Well, well good for <laughs> he him. He my ass on that Vietnamese <laughs> poker bed. <laughs> oh, man. But um, kind of making it uh, to wrap it up. Yes, sir. Uh, the Vietnamization program was in full swing. Um, so you get the 72, and you're still and on right a team? After, right after, yes. And then, and then once uh, it actually comes to a point where, okay, we're going to do this. We're committed to it now. Uh, then um, that woman, the uh, J.D. was gone by right, then. Right, sure. And a Tom Jones, I don't know if you ever knew Tom no. Jones, he took over as uh, first sergeant, recon sergeant. Okay, sure. And uh, he assigned me to RT Louisiana. And that's how I wound Back up. Back to your original team. That's right. I was like a rabbit. I got <laughs> up. Ran from the dogs as hard as I could, and then came right back to so the end, hopped in. the important question for me, at least on the RT Idaho side, you go to Louisiana, and that was when Ken went to Sidewinder, and then That's correct. because Doti Kwong was so good, he became the zero he, one and the team leader, and they ran missions as such. They did. They did. Which was one of the first all-in-did teams out of CCN, right. at least. Amazing accomplishment. And I think they Credit ran— to the little people. Yeah. Uh, it was— um, it's like you said, it was nothing more than a real testament of what they could do yeah. and, and could do all along. Sure. Honestly. and uh, We're alive today thanks to those little people being good on the ground. That's right. Absolutely. And the fact that uh, they were – it's amazing how your senses become so acute when you're in the jungle for a while – and I mean, uh, I would like a week before we would get on the ground. Right. I would eat these nasty, <laughs> nasty, the or, or Oriental rations. Pirs. Mean, that's yeah. exactly right. You, which is their indigenous rations. Oh yeah, and yeah. The, the the I mean, there was squid in every meal. I think there and, was, and it was, you know, and of course they loved them. They did. You know, uh, and uh, the projects would buy that stuff by the train load. When it came from Cisco. That's Cisco, right. Cisco, yes, indeed. If we, you know, if you put enough of that um, Tabasco sauce in there, you just kind of forget about well, meal flavor. They were, 
Well, kind of. Maybe. And some of it's so hot, I mean, you, you lose your taste for about three days, Indeed. you know, before you, yeah. stuff will come back. So anyway, but. Uh, but on a very serious track, was there, so are you, did you get to February or March? Because you came in the country around April, so your one-year mm-hmm. tour is still running. Mm-hmm. Was there any in reports, uh, I mean, intel reports, about the pending Easter offensive? Lamsong. Well, Wasn't it Lamson? No, Lamson was the year previous. Oh, was but it? But they had okay. the Easter offensive that they did in April of 72. And there was another mm-hmm. secret mission that came out that Jim Butler was involved in away from mm-hmm. CCN at the time. He came back from D.C., but that's another story. But was there anything in camp or through your routine day-to-day operations? Were there rumors or concerns or attempts to get more intel about what was going on? Yeah. Uh, there was a... Um Bob Senton, his hooch was facing uh, what the mess hall was. Okay, sure. You look straight across You're there, there, pretty much. The first row of recon company. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And um, everything was changing. You almost had to get a read, a feel for what was going on every day. And when Bob left, uh, uh, Pappy, that was our fond, affectionate name for uh, Tom Jones, <laughs> took J.D.'s place. Indeed, yes. Um, he commandeered that hooch and made it, this is going to be our day room. You come in here for your daily briefing. Okay. And it was changing every day with Tom. He'd say, you're going to be doing this today. You train because the mission's coming down, and we don't know exactly what it's going to be. Were the teams still doing going into isolation then, before no. a mission? No, good. Everything was turning so quick. Yeah. It was crazy. I only went to isolation one time the whole time I was in CCN. Was well, this an insult to the teams? I know. Oh, I yeah. agree with you. Absolutely. And s- somebody mentioned to me, I don't know if it's true, you, perhaps you have good intelligence, that uh, the isolation area was bugged. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me, not in the least. But, so I don't know. Yeah, but we usually had the the, this, we, we, the one zeros and the one one. We'd get the briefings at the talk center, and we'd come back, talk to little people, but who knows? Oh, it was uh, – yeah. That the last year, not pretty. It won't. It wasn't because um, nobody knew from day to day what today's mission is going to be, uh, and literally. And I'm sure. And a lot of the guys, um, they were um, derosing out of there. They were getting out, and it's like. And no replacement troops then. Mm-mm. Not like you coming in in 71. Mm-mm. And uh, it was like, well, you know what? I just don't want be. I don't want to be the last team. Or the lost. last KIA. I just don't want to do it. I think I will get <laughs> something else done. <laughs> you and, know, what, and a, you're you becoming, know what about six guys did? And you're becoming a short timer too. Yeah, Cause well, nobody knew it. Yeah, you know, but we were got, uh, several guys got circumcised, so they wouldn't <laughs> have to go to the field. <laughs> I 
I don't know why I'm giving y'all this dirt, but it's the truth. <laughs> so, oh my God. but they, uh, uh, it was, it was. They went I'm, in for brain, and, brain surgery. And huh? I'm going, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I'm going, you did what? You know. Oh yeah, man! Don't don't make me laugh. I can't hardly walk, you know, or something. Yeah, or yeah. or the co would bring them a, a beer. Yeah, you know, and it'd, uh. be, and, and it'd be. I say you deserve. You get everything you get. You know. Wow. But anyway, um, no, I think the last. Um, Uh, so you're on Louisiana is, in your yes. last mission then? Yes. But see, Louisiana, the little people were brew, and they were from um, uh, Mylock. Right. And uh, Tom, uh, he told all of us, he said, oh, everybody at Scott Indige, we're going to have to turn them loose. We're going to get have to get rid of them we've been got direct orders we've got to do that no kidding yeah and so the order was just to leave them out of camp or could you fly them no, back no, to their we were taking them back to their, to their villages village. wow but he said but we've got one last mission that saigon wants us all to run he said um, with the new offensive that's supposed to be coming up we are going. We've been asked to put six recon teams in the field at one time. So, and we're going to spread it out. You're going to be like online. Wow. And you're going from point A to point B, which is kind of what we did right. most of the time, anyway. But six teams on the ground six at once with no, no additional support. air support. Oh my God. You know, you're going to insert. And that's the kind of stuff you're going to do. So do you remember the target area itself? Where would you be? Ashaw, I can't tell you except they were they were uh, massing in the Ashaw, right. supposedly. And uh, it said we want to get a feel for what's coming our way or if they're going to come on across into I-Corps or if they're going further down the trail. That's what sure. I'm saying. Anyway. And he says, and as y'all know, some of the teams, we don't have um, two Americans on a team. Now, myself and Austin Lee were the two Americans on Louisiana, Louisiana. at that time. Yeah. But we'd already been told to cut them loose. And it was like. They are going, and what you've been doing, myself and Lee, was we gave each one of the little people a footlocker. And you can either take clothes, <clears throat> medicine, guns, and ammo, or a combination thereof. Whatever you want, you get one footlocker, and you get to fill it up. Really? Yes. Oh, my and so that's what we were doing. And then when we were loading everything, there would always be two or three more footlockers that would find Little their extra. way yeah. onto the deuce and a half. And we knew know. they were just loaded with ammo. That's right. Oh, it was like moving gold. It was great. But anyway, <laughs> so we loaded them down. I didn't have a team then because all mine had been prepped to go back up to uh, my lot. Right. That morning, Tom said, we have 
been asked to prep six teams to go into the Ashall to see what's going on. And the team, there were several teams that still had two Americans. Some of them still had their little people. They were doing it. wasn't just like one huge, we're going to throw the keys on the table right. and walk out. You know, it was it was in phases. And Dribs and drabs. That's right. And uh, all the Americans were in there that morning, and he said, uh, we've got three teams that are complete, and then we've got three teams that we have got to join together. Augment. And uh, so the three teams that you guys get ready, draw your stuff that you're going to need for it. This is almost going to be like a raid because we're going to get shot out of there. Everybody knows that. <clears throat> and uh, RT Florida, Bob Sinton has gone at this point particular point in time and, and that was one of the historic teams from Contum that was moved up north to ccn well his uh uh one one is now to one zero and his name is john Ilya. he was about four straight years at in the projects no kidding he, oh, he was from texas he loved the little people uh he, he was just a special kind of fellow sure and uh, so anyway, he was the only American left on Florida. I was sitting there. I was like a used car salesman. You know, I, was, <laughs> I think, what am I going to be doing, you know? Yeah. And uh, then um, Pappy asked John, he says, who do you want to go with you? He said, well, I'll take Pulley. You know, well, and I said, thank you very fucking much. You know, <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> yeah, I could be in the recon beer drinking cold beer, you know, in, <laughs> yeah. in the bar, you know. So anyway, we prepped for the mission, and um, we uh, actually, uh, because John had more time on the ground than anybody else, Pappy told him, he said, you'll probably be going in first. You and Pulley will be going in first. And um, so we got everything ready, and we went up to the, the pad, you know. Right. And, and it was... Uh, it wasn't long that afternoon, anyway, he came up, and uh, I looked at John, and John looked at me, and he said, oh, I reckon this is it. They've come to shake our hands, you know. I said, I guess you're right, buddy. I said, you know, I said, that's all right. We're going to be all right, you know. And, yeah, I uh, saw in 72. Oh, my God. And anyway, he, uh, Pappy came came up, and he said, well, he says, um, you're not going to believe this. And they've canceled all six missions. And I'm going to tell you what, you talking about some happy dudes. When we told our little people, and and John and I, too, we were oh, relieved. Yeah. No I mean, kidding. I got to tell you that. And uh, But that was my uh, last mission time prep. prepping for mission. Wow. Sure was. So then when did you, when did you go home? April again? One year? Man, oh, man. Yeah. And so what was the status? Was Idaho still in camp, and you left, and they were doing their they thing They were doing the Vietnamization thing, yeah. Wow. But now they were going to be moved out of there because we were going to surrender the compound in a couple of weeks after that. No kidding. I think uh, Jason actually has a picture of um, somebody on a truck uh, that 
says he was the last man out. I don't know that to be a fact. Well, at Fubai, when we closed Fubai, Doug Letourneau, the Frenchman, was the last man out of FOB1 and uh, with uh, ST Virginia when they came mm-hmm. south. And he was the last man there for that one. But I don't know about CCN. That's a, we'll have to find that out. We'll check with Jason. Indeed. So you so you wrap it up. You come back to the States. Little R&R. How's your, what happens to your career there? From there, you come back to good old friendly North Carolina? No. Uh, she uh, left me high and dry uh, while I was in going through you got your course. Dear, you got your dear John Oh, yeah, Leonard. I did. Okay. I did. And, uh, you know, that was pretty bad, but, you know, you survive you Indeed. Know, with stuff like that. Um, no, my dad was a tobacco farmer here in North Carolina. And when we all came back uh, from Vietnam, they all sent us back through Fort Lewis. Right. And uh, I don't know who had the idea, but it was like, we've got an instant ranger battalion here. (laughs) You know, they were drawing down SF. Yeah. Uh, you had to know somebody. You couldn't even re-up and stay in Special Forces. Right. I mean, the big army hated SF. And the reduction of force was a full, ugly swing then. Yes, it was. And so we all thought, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll just get out, and then we'll all meet back at Fort Bragg, and we'll re-enlist, get our bonus. Yeah. You know, if you do it within 30 days, it was tax-free, $10,000 a lot of money back then. Oh, absolutely. So, but uh, my dad had different plans for me. Oh. He had planted all his crops with nobody to help put them in. Ooh. And he says, uh, I knew you were coming home. That's right. And everything's ready to Welcome go, home, son. son. I love you. You put away your, <laughs> your, your three-pointed M16. <laughs> And he gave you three three That's prong right. pitchfork to That's get right. to work I'm gonna give on you your a tobacco. Tractor. I'm going to give you a tractor instead. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I said, "Oh crap, man! Here I am. Uh, all my plans have been dashed on the rocks." You know, I said, it "Screwed me up bad." But anyway, that's what happened to me. But you know what? I uh, I used to tell my wife. Um, sadly, um, for me. Uh, I met a girl I went to high school with again Mm -hmm. after I got home, and we got married, and we were uh, married for 45 years, and then I lost her last Christmas. Oh, sorry. Oh, and that's part of life. COVID, of all things, got her. No. And Yeah, and so I used to tell her, and everything that was military, I was all about it, still am, and she would say, you know, you learn these things if you're going to be together 45 years. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of thing. And it's like, well, honey, don't you kind of wish you'd stayed in? I said, well, honey, I'd have never met you. <laughs> if uh, <laughs> I said, I'd have never met you. You won that heart forever. Said, oh, I'm telling you, brother. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> but she was a good girl. Yeah. She was a good girl. Yeah, sweet 45 years, though, huh? Yep. Yeah. Oh, God bless. So that was my life. And I was uh, went to uh, 
uh, worked for a, uh, a retired colonel, and and he and I, I worked with him for. Uh, you were in sales then. That's right. I was in sales. You could sell. You could sell sand to an Arab. Oh, don't you know I could <laughs> without oil. Without, Without oil. oil, that's right. <laughs> so, but when I came back in '72, see, that was a depression going on. Absolutely. And uh, I went. There were oil lines. Gave me lines for people buying gas and everything. That's right. It was. It was uh, somebody oh. that didn't have a good job. It was kind of. Uh, it was kind of difficult, you know. Absolutely. But it, but uh, the country pulled out of it, you know, pulled out of our stall, and we did other things. And I was able to find a good employer, and he allowed me to work for him for thirty-five years. So, so that that employment ended what year? Uh, 15. Okay. So since 15, then you're helping your sweetheart. She was having her issues. Yeah, she had uh, arthritis and, and, you know, underlying problems with uh, uh, lungs, that kind of stuff. Right. Well, here we are. We're near the end here, Frank. It's a, it's just a great wanna, story. I don't want to quit. Well, don't. Well, well listen. And that, uh, go on back. Can and I figure lies? You Will you take of, lies? Will you? <laughs> I'll use name. I'll use anybody's name. Who do you want uh, me to compromise well, here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not President Biden. I, I depend oh, God on you Almighty, for the truth. please yes, don't do indeed. that to me. Okay. I won't. But, um, I will tell you one thing. T- please do. That's why we're this here. This is an antidote to what's been going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate to see some kind of stuff that I'll remember forever in a day and to participate in some stuff. Not and the men you served with, like stuff. Bobby Castillo. Well, I was just going to say, I never, ever, ever considered myself a hero. But I can tell you one thing. I served with some heroes. Amen. I'm with Bob you on that. Bob Castillo. Uh, Castillo is one. And I tell you somebody that has done <clears throat> probably as much for the special ops community as anybody else, Ken Bowray. Absolutely. He he started out as a first lieutenant with uh, Idaho, was the one zero, stayed in the service of our country for over 40 years, retired as a two-star. That's right. Someday, I'm already in the process of trying to work at his schedule so we can have him on Sogcast someday to be honored with him, to his story, because it's just fascinating. Had quite a career. Absolutely. I can tell you one thing that we did. Now, I have... This involved requisitioning Jeeps? Because I heard, you know, Nick Brockhausen tells a story about a Jeep he requisitioned. In the morning, he came out, and who was cleaning it and washing it up? Lieutenant Bowray, according to Nick Brockhausen. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. I can tell you something else. Uh, But he wouldn't have known. He was just... Doing his duty, trying to help clean up, but never mind. But bullshit. No. Well, we'll have a have a have a discussion over the bar about that. But seriously, we're wrapping up here. Any last thoughts, sir? Um. Yes, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, you know, when you go from team to team, they have several people killed or whatever. A lot of times, you would have to redesign the patch that the team patch would be right. because of luck, bad bad luck bad with teaching. a team. Exactly right. We would always have, from the beginning, uh, perhaps they did with you too. We never had team patches. That happened after I left. 
Really? We were just starting to do oh, a wow. couple of the more creative teams. Right. Because um, Lynn Black was on our team. Had we thought about it, I know Lynn would have designed Love a winning patch, but we were kind of busy running missions. But they did it, and Idaho had a team patch that they came did. out. Bobby told me about it, but I forget who was the originator. I don't know who did the Bobby one knows. with the griffin yes. on it. But um, uh, I did one for Louisiana, and I just did a patch, a shoulder patch. It wasn't for a team. One right. team kind of adopted mine. But what uh, uh, was I was known for my rebel, my battle flag. The rebel flag, stars and the bars. Okay? Yeah, and that little black hat you have with it. That's right. Yes, sir. That's right. Uh, but I uh, designed one, and uh, when I got it uh, sewn uh, in Taipei, and it was the rebel flag. Yes, sir. And it's got a Car 15 superimposed over stars and bars. Indeed. And it's got an arc over it that says, fuck communism. And I'm quite <laughs> proud of that, to be honest with you. Indeed. Now, yes. <laughs> That's not PC, sir. And, and I'm so, well, I'm not PC either, so there Indeed. you go. So <laughs> you have to bleep that, you know, whatever. But... Uh, my buddy Ken went to the Citadel. We were given stuff all through 71, what they called leave behinds. Right. On the LZs, did y'all ever have to do that? All the sun. And Both uh, the mortar rounds as well as uh, yeah, the yeah. 7.62s. Well, a lot of this was PSYOP stuff. It was all like letters. Oh, that or, stuff too, yes. Yeah, all that kind of crap. Well... <laughs> One thing that they got on us about, I told Ken, I said, you leave what they want us to leave, and I'll leave my own personal thing behind. And he said, what are you going to do? You can't do that. I said, yeah, I can. <laughs> I said, no, who's going to tell me I can't do that? You know. So anyway, I had me a Confederate battle flag, about a 15-inch. Yeah. Yeah. And so we wrote his alma mater on it, the Citadel, just so they'd kind of know where it came from. Indeed. And then I put, fuck communism on it. <laughs> and then while everything was, we were extracting. Yes. I said, don't forget, you leave behind. And he said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So all we had to do was just throw it out there somewhere where it could be picked up. Anyway, I've got a picture somewhere of me fixing the uh, rebel flag to uh, somewhere on the LZ. It was a little spindly sapling that was still there or something. <laughs> I said, they don't even know what this is. That's the bad thing about this. I won't offend anyone with this <laughs> because they're not going to know what it is. But anyway. So, uh, so much for PSYOPs. Bingo. Indeed. That's right. Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. Well, thank you for taking the time. So at this point, um, we thank the military today, the Border Patrol, the first responders, the many people that are fighting to keep our country free. And we also uh, thank the men and women who have served in the years past, heroes like Frank Pulley, who served our country with great valor. We also remember and salute the men and women who are not here today, those left behind. And with that, we thank Jocko Willink Productions for making this possible. 
and we thank the uh, staff of Jocko for making all this possible. And we are closing out here. God bless America. And thank you, Frank. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.